Hallelujah. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit might speak this morning to our hearts, Lord, that we might hear as we sang, we want to hear from you, Lord. We ask you that you might speak. I offer myself to you that you might use me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, when I was preparing myself for this for this, this morning, uh, I wasn't quite sure where I was going. <laughs> um, I find that hearing from God is a spontaneous thing. It doesn't happen by sort of your effort, it happens by his revelation. And you know, the Bible is nothing if you don't get a revelation from God about what he's trying to tell you. Hallelujah. Uh, and as I was looking through the scriptures, as I often do, for something to say, it jumped out at me but what I'm talking about this morning is relationship with God. Now, I'm always talking about relationship with God because being born again, being saved, establishes a relationship with God which is above the natural. It's supernatural. It, if, as, you, as, I, as we go through this, you'll, you'll see that no man can come to the Father except the Father draws him. Hallelujah. We're all here this morning because we were drawn to Jesus. Hallelujah. Or the Father through Jesus. Hallelujah. And no one comes to know the Father but through Jesus. There is only one way for salvation. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. When we realize that, and he wants to have a relationship with us supernaturally, Day by day. Now, some people put a lot of, have, uh, of effort into having a relationship with God. They try very hard. They go through all sorts of emotional things. We all do. But having a relationship with God is not an emotional thing. You see, some people get very emotional about the cross and all those things. Emotion will not get you born again and get you saved only having a relationship with God. Hallelujah. That's not to say you don't get emotional after the event, but you don't reach God by being emotional before the event. It's a hard uh, lesson to learn. We've all tried to be, to raise our emotions for different reasons, uh, thinking that that was a way to God. It's not. The only way to God is through Jesus this morning. And then your emotions change. You suddenly, suddenly you start to love him. Hallelujah. There's a song we sing, I love him. I love him before, because he first loved me. And that's established in, in the word. It says, we love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. We didn't love him 
for any other reason but the fact that he loved us. So what I'm uh, attempting to do today is to just read a few scriptures, starting off in John's Gospel. We're in, in John's Gospel the whole day, so you haven't got to go, <laughs> go looking for lots of popping from here to there. You know, I love John's Gospel. You know why I love John's Gospel? Because he had a real love relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. See, the others tend to be a bit um, reporting on the events, which is good because we like to know what happened. But John has a different, different slant on it because of his relationship with Jesus. It says at one point that he laid his head upon Jesus' breast. <sighs> Wouldn't we all love to lay our head on Jesus' breast physically like he did? But we could do it spiritually this morning. We, you can come and lay your head on Jesus' breast. You say, well, well isn't that a bit over the top? It's not, because Jesus complimented him about his, it. it uh, and that's wonderful. Amen. So we're in, <laughs> in John chapter 2, 1 to 10, verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine the mother of jesus said unto him they have no wine jesus said woman what have i to do with thee mine hour is not yet come his mother said unto the servants whatsoever he saith unto you do it and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the jews containing two or three firkins apiece jesus said unto him fill the water pots with water they filled them up to the brim and he said unto them draw out now and bear unto the governor and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man of the beginning doth set forth good wine, but when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. You say, well, what sort of relationship was Jesus having in it? It sounds like when he talks to his mother as if he's not really sure he wants to do this. Uh, but you see, he did it because of his relationship with his mother and whoever invited him to the, to, to the, to the wedding. We don't know whether it was a personal friend or whether it was uh, somebody in the family. What we don't, we don't really know. But Jesus was open to providing the wine for the rest of the, the people there. And in that, it's his first miracle, he established a relationship, I believe. The relationship between him and the power of God and the blessing of God for all those people at that wedding. You might say, well, it, it doesn't seem to be a, a very good cause. But obviously, nothing happens by chance in, the, in this good book. Obviously, God had planned it. And it was a testimony of the power of God and his relationship with man. Hallelujah. Then we're going to go on to the woman at the well, John 4, 14. We probably all know the story of the woman at the well, how Jesus 
sent his disciples into the town and he sat at the well when this woman uh, came, five husbands and all the other things that we know. But this is what Jesus said to her in verse 14. He said, But whosoever drinketh of this water I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto eternal life. Now he was standing by the well. She was drawing water out of the well. She had asked him for water and he had offered her the water of eternal life. And the wonderful thing is he spoke these words to this woman. Uh, she didn't qualify as a Jew. She didn't qualify in any way to be blessed, to have the blessing of God. But Jesus said this wonderful thing. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him. And she did drink. We know she did drink. She took it and she drank of that water and a whole revival took place in that place because of her relationship with Jesus. Jesus was the one who established the relationship. Uh, she wouldn't have dared uh, establish a relationship with him because she was a Samaritan and he was a Jew and they weren't allowed to have any dealings with one another. Um, but Jesus establishes relationships with whoever comes into, he comes into contact. And it's up to us to acknowledge that offer of relationship. The wonderful thing is we drink of the same water that that woman drank of when she was standing or sitting at the well, as Jesus was sitting at the well. She, she drank of this water and she drank of eternal life. And the whole town was changed and affected. You see, our relationship with God can affect everybody around us. Hallelujah. If our relationship doesn't affect us and everybody around us, it's not, it's not what God's planned. I'm not condemning you. I'm just telling you the opportunity. You can change circumstances and situations because of this well of water that springs up within you. I thank God it's not about you. It's not about your abilities or anything else. It's just allowing that water to flow through you. You have to drink of it. Hallelujah. You will never thirst again once you start to drink of it because you'll never be unproductive. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Now we're going to move one step farther. John 5, verses 19 to 30. This starts out uh, in verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto him, Very last say unto you, the Son can do nothing for what things whoever he doeth, these also does the Son likewise. So Jesus was saying he could do nothing of himself. And he was saying that it was the relationship with his father that was the, the source of all the supernatural things that he did. And I believe if Jesus needed to have that relationship with the father, we need to have the same relationship with the father through Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus 
is the halfway house, as you might put it, for relationship with Father. As I said to start with, unless you have a relationship with Jesus, you can't have a relationship with the Father. And Jesus illustrated, he said, I can do nothing except what my Father shows me or I hear from my Father. And so if Jesus could do nothing, we can do nothing except what we hear from the Father via Jesus or see the Father doing. I don't know about you, I see things. Hallelujah. I see things. I hear things. Do you hear things and see things? Sometimes I hear that I'm, I'm a bit hungry. <laughs> My stomach talks to me. Does your stomach talk to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, and your flesh talks to you. Your flesh talks to you. Says I'm tired. I would, what, about time you went to bed, didn't it? But above all that, the Holy Spirit and Jesus talk to us in the same sort of way. We have this inspiration, you might call it, this vision. We see things, you know, you can see things. What God intends to bring to pass. And we have the ability through the Father to make supernatural things happen. Hallelujah. Just, it's just the same as we can go and prepare a meal and eat and satisfy our hunger. We can be hungry for God and for God to move in our lives. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. For the Father loveth, uh, verse 20, for the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth even, so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Have you been quickened? Hallelujah. I thank God. There is such a thing as a quickening. Something happens inside you, you suddenly become alive. There's something, you know, they tell me, I haven't had a ba any babies, but the woman tells me there's, there's a movement in the womb. She can feel the baby. I don't know when you can feel the same thing. Uh, I praise God that I can feel it. Uh, it's not that we go by feelings. The feelings confirm our faith. Hallelujah. See, feelings can be, you get also, as I was trying to illustrate, you get all sorts of feelings. But feelings in the spirit are different. Hallelujah. They're just confirmation of what you already know. Hallelujah. Same, it's the same as prophecy or words of knowledge. God doesn't give somebody else a word for you that he hasn't given to you already. When people come up to you and give you a word, it should be a confirmation of what God's already talked to. Because, uh, I don't know, I've been around long enough to have had lots of people come up and say, tell me this, the Lord wants you to do this, brother. The Lord said to me this. And my response in many cases is, well, I haven't heard him tell me. <laughs> Hallelujah, I haven't heard him. God will deal with you in a way that any person of integrity would deal with you. He won't reveal something to somebody else that he hasn't already revealed to you. 
It's a, it's a safe thing to, as you walk with God to listen to him first. Hallelujah. It's not an external thing, you see. Many people do, do what people tell them because it's the easy way. It is, it is. Doing what God tells you to do is quite, quite difficult because it demands faith. And it's all faith. Hallelujah. That's why being a Christian, you don't, you don't work by uh, a series of rules or a series, what something, uh, a text which says you do this, that and the other as a Christian. You do it because of your change in your nature. As you walk with God, the revelation that comes guides and keeps you. <coughs> Hallelujah. We're kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. And nothing else keeps us. Praise the Lord. Um, I love the scripture. It says all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. But I've, I read that somewhat differently. Uh, some, some versions of the, of the translations talk in a, a diff, slightly different uh, gen, uh, tense. I like to, to interpret that. I've seen it. It says, all things are working together for good. Hallelujah. It's an active part of God's Holy Spirit, that everything that you experience is working together for good. It's, it's working together. It's not a past tense, it's a future tense. It's always going to be that way. God will bring you through because it's his plan and purpose for your life. Hallelujah. So we sometimes try and say, how, do I, how, do I, how does this going to work for good? It works for good by the hand of God. And it doesn't always look good at the time. But if we are faithful and operate our faith, see, it's, it's a faith thing. It's not something that happens without faith. Everything that happens to you, brother and sisters, you're born again through faith. You have to live by faith. If you read this, those that are born of God live by faith faith. It's a continual process. You say, I'm getting tired. I can't, I can't have any more of this. It's gonna, only faith that will take you through. Believe in the scriptures. Hallelujah. That all things are working together for good. Because your faith can change circumstances and situations, brothers and sisters. It's not some serendipity that God changes things. It's your faith that brings you through. And you say, well, I haven't got much faith. You've got the portion of faith that God gave you when you were born again. Everybody receives a portion of faith as a born again believer. You would never believe that Jesus was the Christ and that he died for your sins if it wasn't that God gave you the faith to believe it. Hallelujah. We, he is the one that gives us faith. I, I know many people... Uh, friends that I've had over the years that come and said, I wish you, I could have your faith. Well, there's no answer to that. The only answer is, go to God and he will establish your faith. Hallelujah. He's the one that establishes your salvation. Hallelujah. You, all you have to do is believe it. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I've got off track, but I'm coming back. 
John 7, 37. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this, is, this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus had not been glorified. You see, um, Jesus wants, when we're born again, Jesus wants us to have a relationship with him that is supernatural and above uh, the natural realm that we, we live in before we're born again. And he says here, if any man drink thirst, let him come and drink of me. Hallelujah. So how do we drink of Jesus? It's a, it says there, this is talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. You see, the wonderful thing is that God hasn't left us alone. Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit to live with us, and guide us, counsel us, and teach us of all things of the spiritual realm. Now, that's an ongoing process. We're always having greater revelation. I don't know about you. Uh, if I look back on my life, 20 years ago, I didn't have the revelation I have now of what God really wants in my life. And my relationship has developed as a result of that. Our relationship develops through the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You see that? You say, uh, how do we find the presence of the Holy Spirit? Well, we worship him. We worship him. You say, how do we worship him? We cut out all other things. I find the best way of worshiping God is to, is to just get in his presence and sing. That's, that's the only real way of getting away from all the things that go on in your mind and your, and your, your, your thinking. And as we worship him, we enter another plane uh, of the spirit. We are, in effect, drinking of him, drinking the water of life, which he has given us. And I thank God... There is such a thing as being able to drink. I've drunk, on occasions, I've drunk so much that I've been drunk on it. And you say, how, how can you get drunk? <laughs> By drinking water. Well, somehow or other, it's, it's like the, we read about in the turning water into wine. God turns the water that we drink from him into wine. And we become intoxicated with God. Now, uh, it's not, it's not something that I do every day. It's not something I do by uh, arrangement with God. It's something that he does in us as we drink of, of Jesus, the water that he gives us. It's, it's, it's totally wonderful to be lost in God. There's a song I live, sing, love to sing. It says, lost in you, lost in you, 
that it's, it's such a wonderful experience to just get out of this realm of, of the natural into a realm where you're, you're so aware of God that he takes your breath away. Hallelujah. I, I love, when I was anointed uh, for the ministry that I do now, that was uh, in 1978, I was at a series of meetings at Clacton. And, and the power of God hit me so strongly that I couldn't function in the normal realm. In fact, I was laid underneath the grand piano in the hall for quite some time, <laughs> totally blown away. And God did that in order that he would put within me a calling to minister uh, as a pastor and as a, an evangelist. And that, that experience blew me away because God showed me his hand was stronger uh, than anything else that I had ever experienced. And you know, out of that came a whole new dimension of life for me. And it's not just reserved for those who is called into the ministry. It's something that uh, God does to us on occasions. Hallelujah. I, I wish you could live in it 24-7, but we, we obviously have to come back down to earth and do the, the, the things that we have to do to, to maintain our, <laughs> our body and our, our, our house and all the other things. But it's wonderful that God can intoxicate you with what you drink from him. Hallelujah. I'm going to skip ahead quite a way now. John 17, 20, and 20 to 26. This is what Jesus prayed for us. And this is, I think, our inheritance from Jesus before he died. He was talking about neither pray I, that's, he was praying previously for his disciples, neither pray I for these alone, his disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Basically, we believe on Jesus through the word of the scriptures, uh, the New Testament. That all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Hallelujah. This is a relationship that Jesus wants us to enter into. He wants us to be one with him and his Father. And what did he send as a supernatural um, confirmation of that prayer? He said, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one as we are one. Now, the glory speaks of the Shekinah. Um, it speaks of the presence of God. And he says he has given us of the Shekinah there. 
Verse 23, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now the whole purpose of this union with God and one another, brothers and sisters, is that we might demonstrate Jesus to the world. Hallelujah. And he says, I made them perfect. And you say, I'm not perfect. In the natural, we're not perfect. But God is perfecting our spiritual being. We are of uh, two, two types of being. We are the flesh and the spirit. Hallelujah. That's what he's perfecting, our spiritual being. And then he says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. He wants us to be with him. Do you think that's heaven or do you think that's now? I think it's now. He wants to perfect us. Father, I will that thou also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. You see, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the glory might be of him and not of us. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? You see, we are different. I don't know when you found that out, that when you become a Christian, you are different. Um, people look at you as different. Some people look at you as crazy. Some people think you're um, using religion as a prop to prop up your life so that you could get by. Hey, there are all sorts of ideas about people who have a relationship with God. The world cannot compre comprehend having a relationship with God like we have. Can it? You know, we're so privileged. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah, it's in earthen vessels, but it's still of God. It's wonderful. Then he says, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and thee hast known thee, that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. You see, we read many times that God is love. But that love's in us. Hallelujah. He said it there, didn't he? That the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them. It's in you. This love's in you. Hallelujah. It's supernatural love. Hallelujah. You can love the unlovely. Now, it takes a bit of practice, doesn't it, to love the unlovely? <laughs> Some people... I don't know about you, throughout life, some people have really got on my wick and I can't, can't be around them. 
But you see, what Jesus is saying here, you can have a love for the unlovely. You can have a love for those who don't love you back. Hallelujah. Because really, when it comes down to it, the only way you can uh, relate to people out in the world, really, is, is through love. You see, that's how God does it. That's how we've got to do it. He, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's how much he loves the world. Hallelujah. And he gives us the same sort of love in our hearts. To love one another, well, as Jesus said, it's easy to love the, uh, your brothers, but it's much harder to love somebody else outside of the fellowship. But with God, all things are possible. I thank God this morning for my relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God. There's so much else I could have read this morning. He says that where he loves us, that where he will be or where he is, he wants us to be with him. Hallelujah. And it says, I will come myself to receive you to myself. Hallelujah. On that day when you pass from this life into the future life, he will be there to receive you. Isn't that wonderful? To know that God is prepared to come to receive you. Hallelujah. Into heaven. Hallelujah. It won't be Peter at the gate. It'll be Jesus. Some people think Peter's going to be there. It'll be Jesus. He's waiting for you there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? We sing songs about when I see Jesus. It's going to be much greater than that. You know, it's not just seeing, it's knowing. You know, do you think Jesus will wrap his arms around you when you get, when you get there? I think he will. Just say, you did well, son. You did well, son. Didn't I say I'd get you through? <laughs> I say, yeah, without you, I wouldn't be here, Lord. Hallelujah. What a day that will be. Shall we sing that?